Hello, and welcome to Forward Church Online. In this weekly podcast, we hope that you'll have an encounter with God through inspired teaching and discover practical ways to help you live a life of purpose. We hope you enjoy today's message. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. together. Surrendering is giving up yourself for the highest gift, his love and his life. That's why a lot of times people don't surrender. Because they're more in love with themselves than they are with him. Next, Spirit of the Lord asked a question to my heart and I wrote it down so I can share it with your heart. Have you given him your heart? If you have, then why are you still playing with the world? Remember the old show, for those of you that go back that far, Mission Impossible? And after they got, remember after they got their assignment, the, the phone would, the message would, not the phone, it would just kind of like evaporate. Right now, that would be a real good thing probably for this phone. It's like, whoa. Let me read that one again. Have you given him your heart? See, you could be saved, born from above, and still owning your own heart. If you have, then why are you still playing with the world? That was a question from the Father to us. Then these two here came this week, and I shared them with my family, and I also shared them with Almond Gunner. There's two things you can do with a compliment. Build on it or rest on it. In a few moments, we're going to go to God's Word, and we're going to see what God has to say about a man who failed. I'm going to do my very best to make sure you don't go to sleep tonight. But it's possible to be in the kingdom and take steps towards failure. I really love being a part of an upbeat ministry and a ministry on the cutting edge. But tonight's word should really challenge us to make sure we see where we're walking. Let me read that one again. There's two things you can do with a compliment. You can build on it or you can rest on it. What are you doing tonight? And then the last one happened again in my favorite place that I'm trying to do better to not let you know all my secrets because I don't want to embarrass you nor do I want you to think that's where he's going to speak to you. But it may be. Here it is. Did you know that your strengths will be challenged and your weaknesses exposed? I'm sure you're sitting there going, Brother, we need some theological background for all of that. Check this out. The Bible says that His grace is sufficient. Paul said, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, who allowed him to write, he said, in my weaknesses, then am I strong. I just want to give you one more because this was from T.D. Jinks. The other night I was just wanting to take in more you don't take it in you can't give it out that's why you should be here so that not only do you hear God's word but while you're here under the sound of God's word God begins to speak to you words since he is the word why can't he give you words think about that T.D. Jake said the other night there are times in your life where you will need to give up truths to go to a higher truth 
That doesn't mean no longer live by that truth. But some people find a truth and they want to camp out right there. And they never grow beyond that. I want to encourage you tonight from God's word to always, 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 always allow God to speak to you to give you more truth. Let me explain to you this way. I enjoyed coaching C Triple A. I was probably average at best as a baseball coach. So I knew the fundamentals. But beyond that, taking kids beyond those basic fundamentals, I, I wasn't doing that. Now I wouldn't say that about basketball because I know that. That's exactly how Christians live. They know the fundamentals and that's where they stay forever. They're constantly playing C-Triple-A. When God goes, are you going to move up and move on? And I don't mean out of this house, but are you going to move on? I mean, you keep talking about being born again, being born again, being born again. When you're born again, okay, now what? There's a whole lot more to life than just being able to say, yes, I'm born again. Am I growing? I'm breaking it down a little bit. Man, it was great when Robin and I came into covenant, but out of that covenant, God expects for us to begin to explore that covenant, the strength of that covenant. There was a man in the Old Testament, now as we turn our attention to God's Word. You can go with me in your Bible, or you can also follow along on the screen. I want to encourage you to bring your Bibles, because they are important. And quite frankly, if you don't carry it here, I'm not sure where you will carry it. We're going to be in 1 Samuel tonight. We're going to look at a man by the name of Saul. Not the Saul of the New Testament who was a religious fanatic and God had to change his life, turn him upside down, and he got a new name called Paul. You might be surprised to know tonight that you have a new name waiting for you on the other side. You have your earthly name right now, but when you get home in the presence of the Lord, you're going to have a new name. That's, that's critical. That's incredible. I mean, we're going to remember each other from this life, but you're going to have a new name. You have a new nature. That's going to give you... You'll enjoy that when you get into God's Word. You'll find that to be very true. So tonight, let's, let's entertain this for a moment. Is it possible to know Christ, to know God, but absolutely fail in your walk with the Lord? The answer from God's Word is yes. King Saul was appointed by God. He was anointed by God. He was approved to be the leader for Israel because Israel wanted to be like all other nations. I'm hoping that's not happening here in our country. To where we are down-dumbing where we've been as a nation so that we can be able to be like all other nations. just want you to think I'm not even asking you when I put those things out there that you have to be in agreement you do need to be in agreement with God's word but that's just for you to consider that maybe what was happening with Israel could be happening in this nation but I want us to take a look tonight even though that he was appointed by God he was anointed by God approved by God and the people 
when they recognized, wow, this is going to be our first king. We're coming out from underneath the theocracy. Theocracy was God was in charge. But they really wanted to be led by someone. And they recognized it's good to have leadership. But ultimately, you know, it's nice to know that God's placed me here as a senior pastor. But I really feel young on the inside. But ultimately, I would like for you to look away from me to him. I'm hoping that everything that we do in this house ultimately leads you into a deeper walk with Jesus Christ or the beginning of a new walk in Christ Jesus. So let's take a look at what he lost as we get into God's word tonight. Yeah, that's a good place to give God praise. Here's the things that he lost, and I'm going to see why he lost those. You'll see it on the screen in just a few moments. Saul lost his character. He lost a close friend by the name of Samuel. Samuel's at the close of his ministry. He had a prophetic ministry. He's closing out his ministry. So they're going to begin looking to King Saul. But because of some things that he did, he lost his friend. And ultimately, he lost the crown. King Saul failed God, and he also failed the people. King Saul was a man who would blame others. Let's break that down. The other night I was watching ESPN and I heard some parents talk about their son who is a big-time star in college football and they were basically putting it back out on the university for some of the things. He just needs more supervision. He needs people around him to make sure he makes good choices. I always thought that's the job of a parent. And then I thought it would be the ministry of the Holy Spirit. If you truly are a believer, the Holy Spirit will give you a checkoff list. If you're in the dugout of life, you should every once in a while look on the scoreboard. You should look on your scorecard and to see what is the score out there and then what do I need to do to make adjustments. That would be the ministry of the Holy Spirit and God's Word. I just left the dugout and came right back into the realm of where you and I should live in Him. The Bible says in the book of Acts that we should live and move and have our being in Him. You're going to see in just a few moments, and there's only four things I want you to see this evening from God's Word about this person who failed miserably, though he was highly anointed. And every one of us have been around people that are anointed of God. Let me switch it out, okay? An anointed person is like a baseball player who's in the number three hole or the number four hole. You're counting on them to produce at the plate. Israel was counting on this man to lead them. Because he was anointed, he was appointed, he was approved, and he's about to fail. And I think that's one of the setbacks I'm seeing in the ministry today. That we're so eager to keep everything so positive, we don't break it down to where people can understand. You may walk with God for a season and all of a sudden, what happened? You need to look at their steps. The Bible says that a good man's steps are ordered of the Lord. So something happened to this man called King Saul. As we get ready to break God's bread over our hearts tonight, King Saul was more concerned about his reputation than his character. King Saul was more concerned about his reputation than his character. And let me, let me flesh that out. 
when as a pastor I'm more concerned about the reputation of this ministry in this community than I am my character before him we're all in trouble That doesn't mean we live recklessly, not caring the name that we carry, that would be the name of Christ, or where we worship together. But when we're more concerned about our reputation than we are about character, because you know the Bible says man looks on the outward appearance, but God always is looking on the heart. Always, always, always. In a moment, we're going to see four steps that Saul took. That didn't only bring him down, it broke a covenant relationship between Jonathan and David. Not only did King Saul commit suicide on the battlefield, his own son lost his life because of daddy. So ESPN in that interview needs to back up and maybe ask some questions to some parents to a quarterback who's making some poor decisions. Motivation is what gets you started. Habit is what keeps you going. Motivation is what gets you started, but it is habit that will keep you going. So we're going to look at some habits in the life of King Saul. And how many have found sometimes when you are reading God's Word, especially in the Old Testament, if He doesn't keep you right in there, you can lose the sense of the book that you're in. The Old Testament can get bogged down with a lot of stuff. So tonight, I want to make sure because I know we've had a full day. Well, some of us a half day. The kids weren't there that long. To God be the glory. I'm kidding. I'd like for us to be able to see that what happened to King Saul could happen to us. If we do not heed character and check our habits. If you have your Bibles, and you can look also on the screen for Samuel chapter 13 and verse 6, we're going to see that as a person, King Saul failed to be decisive with people. He wasn't decisive with himself, and he wasn't decisive as a leader. Parents, your children were brought into your family as a gift. You're the leaders, they're not. We're living in a society right now now where the kids are leading the home. The parents are paying for everything, but the kids are running everything. It's because we fail to be decisive with ourselves and with those who are responsible for it. Listen to 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 6. When the men of Israel saw that they were in danger, for the people were distressed, the people began to hide in caves, thickets, rocks, holes, and in pits. In a few moments, we're going to drop down a couple verses, and we're going to find that not only were the people doing it, Saul was doing it. The people were following his leadership. What he was doing, they were doing. So it does matter who's at the top. It does matter who's in leadership in our country. It does matter who's leading in local churches. It does matter who you're under the sound of the gospel with. So let's take a look at what would cause people to go into caves, into thickets, into rocks, into holes, into pits. Let's leave the Old Testament. 
And let's ask God to begin bringing out of this generation people who are in caves, people who are in thickets, people who are in rocks, people who are in holes, people who are in pits. How do we get out and stay out? By making good decisions. You can see in Galatians chapter 2 verse 21. And what I've done is I've taken several translations to see what happened in the new covenant was something that could have happened in the old covenant and it's happening today. Listen closely. Listen to what it says in Galatians 2.21. I do not set aside the grace of God. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless. I do not nullify the grace of God. I do not frustrate the grace of God. And I don't reject God's kindness. Gosh, Pastor, I thought you were talking about King Saul. All of a sudden, you're over in the New Testament and you're reading from the book of Galatians. I'm, I'm, I'm lost. Help me out. Thank you for saying that. Here's what he did in the Old Covenant. He set aside what God had placed in his life. He started to mistreat what God had given to him. He began to nullify the things that God had placed in his life. King Saul also frustrated God. That wasn't really God's choice, by the way. But that's what the people wanted. And the Bible says we are all like lost sheep. We all desire our own way. So he already, he being God, already knew where Israel was. And they wanted something. So he gave them what they wanted. Have you ever done that with your children? Have you ever done it with yourself? And you step back later and go, man, you know what? I feel miserable. Why did I ever do that? Why did I ever give that to him? This is a picture of King Saul. He set aside, he mistreated, he nullified, he frustrated God. And then ultimately, he just rejected God before God could ever step on the scene. When we misappropriate God's kindness, there are consequences for that. So he wasn't decisive with people. I'm learning, and I hope this is helping some of you. I'm learning as an administrator, there are times when I have to make decisions. And they're not always popular. They're not always favorable. But it's what must be done for the whole. Be, I want to encourage you tonight, if you do not want to fail, be decisive. Make a decision. I'm following Jesus Christ. I'm giving God my heart. And I'm not going to take it back. I'm not going to reach up and go, you know what? That was long enough. I'll take it back now. Tonight, we are called to be decisive. Number two. 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 8. As for Saul, he was still in Gilgal. And all the people followed him trembling. He should have been on the battlefield like his son, Jonathan. I'm going to kind of give you some background information here. He should have been on the front lines, but he wasn't. There's another king that's coming along. We're still here in the scripture. David, the reason he fell with Bathsheba is because he was home when he should have been on the front line. Gentlemen, I hope that you don't over <clears throat> simplify this, but God didn't make us to stay home. It's a dangerous thing for men to have free time. A lot of downtime. 
I'm not open for debating that with you. I'll just be watching your actions. I found a quote the other day and I used it in our school and I said to the students, we judge ourselves by our intent. It's not my quote, by the way. But the world judges us by our actions. Too much downtime for men becomes the devil's workshop. If Saul had been where he should have been, if David, who becomes the next king, would have been where he should have been, sin would have never been there. You can place yourself in harm's way. That's not just for the men. Then he waited seven days according to the time set by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal and the people were scattering from him. Or the translation says scattered from him. And that would be King Saul. When you're driven by population, when you're driven by what people want and what people are requesting, you're going to bypass the prophetic and respond to the immediate. Guys, got you guys got you got to get this tonight. The prophet of God was not dead. Samuel was in the twilight of his life, but he was still God's prophet. He told the king what he should do. He was to wait, but because he didn't come when he was expected to come, King Saul takes it upon himself. Hello, anybody else ever done that? Man, if this is going to get done, it's up to me. So he failed miserably to inspire the people. He didn't inspire, but he bowed to what they wanted. Hello, parents. How many times when we've been somewhere with our children when they were at that age? It happened to me just the other day. And that, not that age. He's now up here. He texted me and said, can I get my $12.50 for the week? I want to get a game. Answer back, no. How many believe that that conversation was over? Oh, you're sharp. Absolutely not. It's now round two. And he texts again. And the response, no. How many know that the more you tell your child, no, Greater comes the attack. <laughs> I know you're all sitting there and wondering, did you give in? Did you give in? And everybody says, no. Let me clarify. Have I ever given in? Yes. That's why I'm changing positions. <laughs> because I'm going to inspire him as a young man that not everything comes to you when you want it and how you want it. And you must understand there are going to be some no's in life. And see, there are many of us who've been around the ministry, around the body of Christ, to where we've heard so much that all we have to do is ask and God always says yes. God doesn't always say yes. If he does, why don't you? As a parent, you know you don't. In fact, we're even learning that we can't say yes to ourselves. There are times when we have to say no. Example. We're talking about inspiring people. He didn't, and they began to scatter, but he's about to turn it, and he's going to try to put the blame on Samuel. Doesn't this sound like almost today? 
though it was so long ago in another part of the world, but here we are looking at a person who has not been inspired, will not motivate himself, He's trembling. He sees people scattering. And so he goes, you know what? I've got to do something. This is on me. How many know it's not on us? It's on him. And we are to trust him. We're to rely upon him. An example of saying no. I was at Chiefland Elementary School a couple days ago for a meeting early. And it got over in good time. And I thought to myself, Caramel frappe, food, snacks. There's none of that in Bronson. Take a break. I had a decision to make. Yes or no. What do you think I said? No. (laughs) Now that sets me up because we all are human beings, are we not? And here's what's happening in my self-life. You told me no the other day. And you made me go back to Bronson immediately and back to the office. The next time I want one, let me have it. Am I the only one? It's like, okay, we're going to at least be balanced here. You won that round through self-discipline and saying no when you needed to turn your truck and go straight back to Bronson because I was needed there. But see, your flesh will let you know like it lets me know the next time it's mine. Okay, okay. I know you all just are so deep in God that you never battle yourself. I understand. So I'm inspired tonight that I was able to say no. When I was a teenager, I was not capable nor willing to say no. Because I was a... I did say it that way. I was not capable nor willing to say no because I was a slave to sin. You are either a slave to righteousness tonight or you and I are slaves to unrighteousness tonight. And you're calling the shots every day. But when you fire those shots on the battlefield of life, know that not only will you go down, but it could be your children. It could be your grandchildren. Hello, King Saul, Jonathan. Though Jonathan was in covenant relationship with David, when his dad called him back to the battlefield again, Jonathan should have already known because of this particular event, I'm not going out there with him. He may end up in the cave. He may end up in a thicket. He may end up in a hole. There's no way that I'm going. My dad's not lived the life of inspiration. I'm not following him. But you know what he did? Jonathan followed him right out there on the final battle. And Saul lost his life. He committed suicide on the battlefield and Jonathan lost his life. It's important that we inspire one another. Number three, some of these scriptures I'm going to pass so that I'm able to get this to you tonight because I don't want to fail. Setbacks I can deal with. Failure when you've been saved, when you've been called out, when you've been anointed, when God has appointed you, that means every one of you and then all of a sudden, we're beginning to slip. We're beginning to go. And we, no, no, I'm, I'm doing fine. No, you, uh-uh, everything's fine. And the Spirit of the Lord is beginning to show us tonight. There are specific steps that are taking place when a person begins to fail. You've already seen number one. You've already seen the second one. Now let's go to the third one. 
1 Samuel chapter 3, that's only two to go, church. 1 Samuel chapter 13 and verse 9, it says that Saul said, this is because Samuel didn't show up, bring a burnt offering and a peace offering here to me. And he offered the burnt offering. Now it happened, I'm at verse 10, as soon as he had finished presenting the burnt offering, Samuel came and Saul went out to meet him that he might greet him. Isn't that, have you ever been in that type of situation? You went ahead and did what you didn't need to do and the answer came when you had already provided your own answer. Uh, we were watching Gunsmoke, of all things, last night. If you don't know, you know now. I'm old school. That doesn't mean I'm old, but I'd rather watch some of the stuff back in the day than the stuff that's out there today. But in the story... A father ended up taking out his son because of some crimes that had happened in Dodge City. And as the story comes to a close, the father who has taken out his son hears from Marshall Dillon, listen, there was no need for you to have done this. The man was getting ready to leave town and here's the money that you actually had given to him to get out of town. What, what, what? I, I know it's a Wednesday night, and I know it's easy to think about. In a half hour, I'm going to be in bed. I don't have to listen to this anymore. I'm almost done. I'm going to sleep right here. If the man on the show, which happened many years ago, I know it was only a show, had not rushed to judgment, he would not have taken his son out. King Saul made a rash decision, and he rushed in judgment to make the decision on his own. He didn't need the man of God. He didn't need for Samuel to show up. Don't you know that Samuel's past his prime and he's headed out? Remember what happened to his sons? So let's not even think about Samuel. Look, the people are scattering. I guess I need to do something. Don't bypass God for your own right of way. Don't bypass God because you're in a hurry. Number three, he failed to wait upon the Lord. He failed to wait upon the Lord. Listen, there are two kingdoms and they're both set up with a system. God has a system and the enemy of our lives has a system. God in the old covenant, he moved through the prophetic voice of Samuel. If you remember mothers, Samuel was dedicated to the Lord and given to the Lord and left in the temple. Hannah had cried for years and finally the Lord blessed her with a child and she gave that child back to the Lord. I wonder how many parents here tonight have given their children unto the Lord. I'm not asking that you bring them and leave them here because we're not here. That was the old temple. And some of you are thinking, man, if we could only do that. But Samuel had been given to the Lord here he is now years and years and years later but he still is God's representative and King Saul, Saul, Saul had no desire for that it was time for him to step forward as a man which meant, which meant he was not waiting upon the Lord Psalm 37 34 says wait on the Lord and keep his ways and he shall exalt thee to inherit the land wow how many would like to advance in God then wait on the Lord Wait on the Lord. That doesn't mean don't do anything, but wait on the Lord. 
And I'm just going to leave that there and let the Holy Spirit show you in your life what does that mean to wait upon the Lord. Psalm 27, 14, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen thee. Wait, I say, on the Lord. What's the hardest thing to do as an American? Wait. We were talking with family members the other night and we were talking about it's going to be fun when we have our family vacation and we don't have to split up and they go back to Georgia and we come back to Chiefland. We're going to be able to go where we always go every year. And we were talking about wouldn't it be fun if it was right now? We don't like to wait. What do you think one of the great battles happens to be in the lives of young people? Waiting for that right person and saving yourself for the right person. Not giving everything away. Oh, never just don't want to make that too real And our schools and our health departments, and yes, I understand that this is going to be out on podcast. That's why I want to say it. We are teaching and training our kids. You don't have to wait. You don't have to save yourself. You can give it whenever you want. Hmm. If you want to fail, just don't wait on you. Psalm 37, verse 7, 8, and 9. Not only are we called to wait on the Lord, rest in the Lord, and wait patiently for Him. Fret not yourself because of Him who prospers in His way, because of the man or woman who brings wicked devices to pass. Man, man, God, this isn't right. Look how this is all unfolding for other people. And I've been trusting you, and I've been waiting on you, and I'm depending upon you. God, how long? And now to the last piece. So tonight, the Lord wants us to learn to wait upon Him. And that doesn't mean we aren't supposed to continue to grow. But there is a season when God wants us to learn how to wait upon the Lord. And you know Isaiah. You know that. That's why I didn't put that particular passage in there. Because we all know that passage that says, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. Well, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do a quick review. He failed to be decisive. He failed to inspire. He failed to wait upon the Lord. This is King Saul. This is a man who was anointed, appointed, and approved. Church, you got to check this thing out. He's in there for a reason. And we got people walking all around us going, man, I can never go down. I'm not the Titanic. Serious? Their whole attitude was it was going to be the fastest ship ever. And it was going to make the best time ever. And not even God could interfere with that. Is that a picture of our nation? Are we about to be uprooted as a nation? Are the playing fields of life being leveled? After generations and the heritage, uh uh-oh, that was Sunday morning, and the heritage that God's given to us, are we going, we don't need that. We don't need to wait upon the Lord. We don't need to live inspired lives. It doesn't matter. Somebody came up to me the other day after hearing a great report about our girls' softball program, and they were talking about how easy it was going to be next year to win it again. It wasn't the players, it's fans. And I reminded them the next one will be more difficult than this one. 
somehow there's a sense of entitlement in this nation, in the body of Christ, in our own homes, in my own life. Now that I've arrived, it's automatic. That's what he was thinking. Take heed tonight to God's word. Take heed tonight to God's word. On May the 28th, we're going to have a celebration service in here. We got an awesome night coming with God's word. Lavelle's going to be breaking the word, but I just got confirmation that the entire softball team is going to be with us, their parents and coaches, and we're going to celebrate. I'm going to do about a one-minute snippet to let them know that what they've accomplished is preparation for what they want to continue to accomplish. But there will be many battles in front of them. Now there's a bullseye on them. I could bring Josh up right now and he could talk to you about how important it is not only to get there, but to stay there. King Saul got there, but he couldn't stay there. And it cost him not only his life, it cost his family. I want you to be stirred tonight as we close. As we look at this last one, I'm praying tonight that we are stirred in this place. God, whatever you do, don't let me fail. I may have some setbacks, I may have some struggles, and I may have some defeats, but God, don't let me fail. God, don't let me feel this ministry. God, don't let me feel my wife. God, don't let me feel my children. God, don't let me feel my grandchildren. God, don't let me feel the kids in the community. God, keep me from failing. I did not grow up in the Pentecostal charismatic uh, spiritual renewal. Uh, I was pretty conservative type of ministry. I'm open to all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But let me tell you something. If my daddy was still here, he would tell me over and over again, you've got to be careful around people who are anointed because they think they're special. That would be from my dad. And there's a tendency when we know we carry the anointing of God, we feel like we're just a little bit elevated. We're just a little bit better. When you start thinking that way, you're one step away from disaster. God, keep me. I'm not asking you to feel what I feel. I'm not asking you to be aware of what I'm aware of. But there is a, such a, there's such a, oh, there's such a test and a trap out there. Man, I can't, I can't fail. Man, the anointing of the Lord and the free flow of the Spirit of God and the Word just flows through me. Man, let me tell you something. If just for one moment God lifted His finger off my life, every one of you would go, what in the heck happened to Him? God, please don't take your hand off my life. Because I remember what this used to be. I remember what this used to be. Maybe every one of us need to take a look at that. And go, I remember what I used to be when he wasn't in my life. And I don't ever want to go back. And so I thank you, sir, for what you said to me as I walked through the doors tonight. You really touched my heart. And I am very grateful to the Lord. And I will always stay anchored to the cross of Jesus Christ. I don't know what that's going to mean on the playing field. How many people are going to be around my life. But I am not going down in flames. That's called inspiration. That's called, I know that there's got to be a legacy left behind when my life is complete. I've got to continue to obey God. And I've got to make sure that I don't do what King Saul did. 1 Samuel chapter 13 and verse 11. And Samuel said, what have you done? And Saul said, when I saw that the people were scattered from me and that you did not come within the days appointed and that the Philistines gathered together. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Let me finish this up. I felt compelled 
and offered a burnt offering. I only want to be compelled by the Holy Spirit, not by what I see, not by those who are coming in and not by those that are going out. I want to be compelled by the Spirit of God. And I don't want anything inside of me that fails to tell the truth. He failed because he was not truthful. He failed because he was not truthful. He said, I felt compelled and offered a burnt offering. He overstepped his boundaries. He took on a role that was not his role. He definitely was called to be the king, but he wasn't called to be the prophet. Not everybody can run in the quarterback spot. Not everybody is capable of running the football like he did. Someone's got to be willing to be on the line. Somebody's got to be willing to play in the secondary. Somebody's got to be willing to serve the children as unto the Lord. Oh, did you see how Pastor slid that right in there? And the Bible says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it as unto the Lord with all your might. And then these scriptures... 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. And that is a goal in my life, that I rightly handle God's word. I don't mean how I carry the Bible, but that when you're in here and you're under the sound of the gospel, you're hearing God's word. You're hearing God's word. What you do with it, that's your call. I won't come and bombard you and bug you. I am responsible to make sure that I rightly divide God's word and I lay it out there. And tonight, God's been speaking to my heart since Sunday. Don't end up like King Saul. And I got to tell you, when you've been around the anointing of the Lord and you have felt the anointing of the Lord, all of you have, I'm sure you have, and you've been attracted to the anointing of God, man it's real easy to start thinking you're all that and the truth of the matter is without him we are nothing and Jesus said Jesus said it with listen closely to Jesus who is truth Jesus said this without me you can do nothing I'm standing in my secret place that was my shower I'll go ahead and tell you and I just leaned against the shower this morning and said God you gotta help me No need for pride. No need for any arrogance. God, I just leaned in. God, you got to help me. God, you got to help me. And if you've never cried that out, you need to check your portfolio. If you've never come to a place where you just cry out to God, man, i got to have your help. God, I can't do this on my own. Closing verses. Ephesians 4.25 Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. For we are members of one another. <laughs> Who's my brother? I don't hear anybody crying out there. Of course I didn't kill my brother. I'm still in God's word. That's what he said. No, I didn't hear my brother's voice. And he was told, you're your brother's keeper. Some of you are family members because you are related to each other. But if we are all members of the body of Christ, we are members of one another. And Jesus made it real clear to Saul, who became Paul, now I'm in the new covenant. How many know that you're under the sound of the gospel? I'm preaching God's word. Just because I don't have it open and I'm not running around and throwing it up, I'm giving you God's word tonight. 
Jesus said to Saul before he became Paul, why are you kicking against the pricks? Why are you doing this? When we are sabotaging each other, we're affecting Christ. If I'm dogging you in the community and if I'm putting you down with other people, I'm affecting the head of the church. When Saul bypassed Samuel for whatever reason, which included all of the people, he was absolutely saying, I am the shining star. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 13. Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. What a great verse to close with. Because God's going to give us an opportunity tonight not to walk here to the front, and let me just add this little tidbit. I may have, when I was in my 20s and early 30s, I may have had a way of trying to condemn in preaching. I have no desire to do that, none whatsoever. If there's anything happening in this house, it's the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And man, has the church moved away from that. Man, we just don't want to deal with conviction by the Holy Ghost. Let me say that again. I don't like conviction by the Holy Spirit. But you know what? When it finally settles in and I begin to buy into what he's actually saying, it's amazing the relief that takes place when I yield to the convicting hand of the Holy Spirit. So tonight that last verse brings everything together as we close this evening. God is asking us some very important questions. Will we be decisive about Jesus Christ? Will we be decisive in our homes? Not telling our children because I said so, but helping them to understand there are times to say yes and there's times to say no. And my no is just as meaningful as my yes. And that there are times when we need to inspire our family members. We need to inspire ourselves. The Bible says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. The Bible says that we are to build ourselves up in our faith. The Bible says that we are to pray in the Spirit. We are to inspire one another. We are to encourage one another. We ought to tell each other, yes, you can do it. You know you can do it. Step up in there. Let's get it done. That's inspiration. But then there's also times when we've got to be willing to say, you know what? I know that everybody else is running. I know that everybody's in the marathon. But right now, God just told me to wait. I'm just waiting on the Lord. You're doing what? I'm just waiting on the Lord. I'm learning how to go quietly. Because when you learn to wait upon the Lord, you're going to be truthful. And you're going to speak truth. And you're going to live truth. And you're going to walk in truth. So tonight, I'm going to give you a chance. There's not going to be anyone having to stand, no one having to raise their hands. I think this is an important time for us to look inwardly and to ask the Lord to check us. Are there any steps that I'm taking that could lead to failure, that could cost me things, that could cost me relationships, that could impact my children, that would absolutely do something in my covenant relationship with you, that could impact my relationship with my wife or my husband? Is there anything that I'm doing at work that absolutely unconsciously, subconsciously, or on purpose that needs to change? 
Help me not to lead other people into failure. And then, God, is there anything that I'm doing in the body of Christ, not in this ministry, in the body of Christ, that causes you to step back and to look away, a tear in your eye, because I'm beginning to take steps that could ultimately lead to failure. God, purge my heart tonight. Take a moment and let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, you have given to us your word. We are now in a very quiet zone, a very comfortable zone, a very safe zone, where only you and I, where only you and each individual can quietly wait upon the Lord, where we can cry out to you, help, where we can confess to you, I was wrong where we can admit to you. And that gives us an opportunity to fill in the blank. So in the quietness of the moment, God's not calling any of us failures. He is warning us from the life of a man who was anointed by God who was appointed by God, who was approved by the people. How quickly he came down. That will not happen in this house. Perhaps tonight you may just simply need to say, Father, three out of four, I'm I'm right there. But I'm not very decisive. I have a hard time making up my mind. It's difficult for me to simply take a stand tonight. Don't be tossed to and fro. There may be others here tonight that would say, you know, Pastor, I've lost my fire. That inspiration, that inner drive, it's not like it used to be. Lord, touch the flame. That could be your prayer tonight. There may be several of us tonight that absolutely see the fast pace not only of the world but also sometimes of the church and God's been calling you would you wait would you wait upon me I have everything that you need will you just not wait upon just wait upon me won't you come and rest in my grace and my mercy my love I have all the strength that you need wait upon me that may be your prayer last segment is the most powerful. God is inviting us tonight as members of his family to be truthful with ourselves. It's not easy. It's not a shortcut. And without his mercy and his grace and his love and his comfort it's difficult to own up step up and go Lord it's me standing in the need of prayer I do my best to be honest with others but Lord I struggle just with myself tonight I'm in your presence and 
And I ask that I would be honest with myself. Perhaps that's your prayer. See you. In the quietness of this moment, before I turn the service back over to Pastor Bradley, I won't make it long, but I want to give you a moment of silence in the presence of the Lord. Thanks for listening to this edition of Forward Church Online. We hope this has been a blessing in your life and that you'll share this and other great resources with your friends. We want to invite you to explore our webpage at www.myforwardchurch.org. There, you'll find online giving, church events, and so much more. Be sure to connect with us on Facebook and Twitter as there's always something happening around Forward Church. If you're ever in our area, we'd like to extend an invitation to come be a part of one of our live worship experiences. Thanks again for listening to the Forward Church online podcast. Have a great week.